Hello and welcome to our church podcast for the sixth Sunday after Trinity. It's great to have your company once again as we worship the Lord our God together. You can join in with the responses on this short service order by downloading a copy or catching up with any of the podcasts you might have missed from our church website, which is www.winsandchurches.org.uk. Let's pause for a moment of silence and then we'll begin. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence with us today. We ask that once again you quicken our minds and soften our hearts as we hear from your word. We ask that you lead and inspire us in our worship and let all we do be for your praise and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. And we come to our time of confession. And this is where we can turn from those things that have caused us pain and shame in the past and ask for the Lord's help and his forgiveness. And God welcomes us, assuring us of his forgiveness when we turn to him in penitence and in faith. So let's pray the words of our confession together. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all his great goodness, keeping each of you in life eternal. Amen. Our Bible reading continues the God of Our Story series, and Corinna reads today from Genesis chapter 28. The reading is taken from Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 19. Jacob's dream at Bethel. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. 
Know that I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of the of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Thank you, Corinna. Well, our first hymn speaks of placing our hopes and dreams in God alone. All my hope in God is founded is sung today by Claire and accompanied by Robert. An email from an old university friend this week brought back memories of a road trip many years ago. Two student friends and I had hired an old V8-engined banger and we drove from Seattle to LA and then to Yosemite National Park. It had been a dream, but one that we had to really work towards and we all got jobs whilst we studied for our degrees to pay our way. Today's Bible reading is also about having a dream. But Jacob, the dreamer in this case, was in quite a different place, 
from my optimistic post-university escapade with my two friends. Last week we saw how Jacob took advantage of his brother Esau by getting him to sell his birthright for the price of a good meal when Esau was absolutely famished. And in the intervening chapters since then, there has been further intrigue. Rebecca, Jacob's mother, has conspired with Jacob to steal the family blessing, which is by rights due to her eldest son, Esau. Their subterfuge is elaborate and extends to not only dressing Jacob in Esau's clothes, but strapping goatskin to Jacob's arms to make them feel hairy like Esau's. And all this was in order to mislead their now blind father, Isaac. When Esau found out, Genesis 27, the chapter before today's reading, tells us what happened. It says Esau burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too. But his father said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your place. To which Esau we see in Genesis 27 replies, Isn't he rightly named the grasper? For he not only grasped my birthright, but now he's taken my blessing. That's Genesis 27 verse 34. Esau consequently swears to kill Jacob when his father dies. Now this context, this additional context I've just offered suggests that the Jacob we find in Genesis 28 isn't on a pleasant day trip, but in fact on the run. He is escaping and he's escaping in no particular direction. As verse 10 tells us, he's just going towards Haran. It seems he's got as far as he could before the Bible tells us darkness fell. That's verse 11. But as he sets his head down to rest, he has a most unexpected encounter. Verse 12 tells us that he dreams. He dreams of a ladder set upon the earth, the top reaching into heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. After the dream, we notice in verse 17 that Jacob was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! It is none other than the gates of heaven. So what is really going on in this story? Well, I want to suggest to you that the Jacob that begins this chapter is not the same Jacob that concludes it. And the reason is because he has an encounter with the living God, the God of his forefathers, whom he knew of, but until this point has never met. It is an unexpected, deeply personal account encounter which changes him. We see the Jacob in verse 10, and he's full of distress and fear. He is away from the security of his father's protection and at the mercy of the elements, with a vengeful brother probably in hot pursuit. 
Rather than face the music, he's fled. And he is in the middle of nowhere, with nowhere to go. This undeserving and grasping character, who has taken advantage of not only his brother, but tricked his blind father, is now beginning to realise where his avarice and his deception have taken him. They've taken him to a place of desperation and despair. Isn't it true that sometimes we're only ready to reach out to God, who's always been there for us, when we reached our lowest point. And at his lowest point, Jacob meets with God in a dream about a ladder, and it is a visual prophecy given by a God of covenant, a God of promise, to an undeserving Jacob. It's a foreshadowing of the redemption and hope that was to come to the whole human race 1,500 years later in Jesus Christ. If you've ever visited the British city of Bath, you've probably visited Bath Abbey. It's definitely on the to-do list. Founded in the 7th century, the Abbey's west front has a not-so-often-noticed depiction of Genesis 28. Out of stone is carved a ladder, and you can see in the stone little angels going up and down, ascending and descending, just like the Bible text describes. Understanding what is meant by the ladder is key to understanding our Bible reading. As you know, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew word for ladder here is sulam. It appears nowhere else in Scripture, whilst other Hebrew words are employed for staircase. So this word must mean something different. Sorry to all those Led Zeppelin fans out there, but Ladder to Heaven just doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Although it still has an excellent guitar solo. Who is at the top of the ladder? Genesis 28.13 tells us, The Lord stood above the ladder. It is God himself. Hebrew scholars tell us that the multifaceted nature of the word sulam can mean simultaneously three things, a supporting structure, an urging of one forward, and living water. So we get the sense that God was urging Jacob forward <clears throat> to a place where heaven met earth, so Jacob could access and receive living water. It reminds us, doesn't it, this verse, of John 4, verse 14, where Jesus says, Whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I will give him will become a fount of living water, springing up to eternal life. And so we see the Old Testament hint at the new but it also seems evocative of John 1 verse 51, where Jesus tells his disciples, Very truly I, will, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Again, 
the Old Testament links with the New. But no wonder Jacob was afraid in verse 17. He was afraid because he felt he'd been to the gate of heaven. He glimpsed the true likeness of, of God and it was totally what he did not expect. It wasn't the vengeful God he had anticipated, but a God of forgiveness, a God of hope, a God of reconciliation. It changes him, this personal encounter. And Jacob's disposition at this point reminds us of one of those two thieves on the cross with Jesus, who said, do you not even fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this Jesus has done nothing wrong. That's Luke 23. So Jacob, like the thief on the cross, knew he didn't deserve God's favour, but God freely extended it to him. This does not mean to say God is content with Jacob as he is, for in the chapters ahead, he will be given the chance to put right some wrongs. And he will also get a taste of his own medicine when he meets his uncle. There is one final point to make. The offspring of Jacob, who will spread out to the west and east and north, north and south in verse 14, and through whom all the families in the earth shall be blessed, is not just talking about Jacob's physical offspring, but it's talking about us. We are Jacob's spiritual descendants through Jesus Christ, and God's same promise extends to each of us who choose to place our trust in God, those who choose to let our hopes and our dreams, whatever they are, rest in him, even whether they worked out or not. It's great news for us because we, like Jacob, can be deeply comforted and amazed, standing in wonder at the God of our story, who says to each of us today what he said to Jacob in verse 15. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. Amen. Let us join now as a church community in a time of prayer. Dear Lord, we bring before you those who are dear to us, who are struggling in body or mind at the moment, thinking especially of Sarah B, James, John, Nicola, Jeff, Joan, Ronnie, John, Ken, Vera, Chris, Karen, Celia, Peter, Pauline Kay, Clive, Peter, and those who might be known just to ourselves and to the Lord. Lord, we also bring before you those who've been recently bereaved, thinking of Colin from Sanford, John from Winscombe, and Anne from Sidcot. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for wisdom 
and for humility for our standing committee and our church council as they help discern the way you are leading us forward. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the ministry team, Hilary, Sean, Anne, Sarah and Jan, the church wardens, Beth, Douglas and Tony, our PCC secretary, William, and David, our administrator, and all the dedicated volunteers who carry out such wonderful work in the life of our church community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for everyone infected or affected by COVID. Pray for their healing and their wholeness, for their strength and health, and for a, new thank- for a renewed thankfulness for life. We give you thanks for all our NHS staff, medical staff, and dedicated volunteers and professionals who serve at this time. Give you thanks for care home staff and carers looking after the vulnerable known to us in our community and also those looking after the young ones in our schools. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy. Sustain and support the anxious. Be with those who care for the sick and lift up all who are brought low, that we may find comfort knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's join together in the words that our Saviour taught us, the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, understandably, many people in our congregation remain very cautious about gathering physically, even though the government restrictions now enable us to. And they've said that they would appreciate online worship continuing. So we're going to do exactly that. Throughout August, we'll be creating video services as well as our regular podcasts, and then look forward to gathering again physically from September, subject to the emerging situation with the pandemic at that time. Next Sunday is St James's Patronal Service, and it will be the first of our video services, which will be available on our new church website and our new Facebook page. And uh, if you're, uh, if you haven't yet seen us on Facebook or haven't visited our new church page, look on Facebook for Parish of Winscombe and Sanford. Thank you everyone for listening in today and joining in with this short service. Thank you to all those who joined me in ministry, Corinna, Robert, Claire, and in a moment Martin and Chris. But before Martin and Chris play our final hymn, we come to the blessing. God, the Holy Trinity, 
make you strong in faith and love, defend you on every side, and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and evermore. Amen. Well, our concluding hymn has reassuringly Celtic origins and reminds us how vast God's love is for us in Christ Jesus. Here is Love is played by Martin and Chris.